Jesse Redbow McQueen bit the hand that tried to hang him. The man with the lynch rope, a Creole by the name of Maurice Charbonneau, was a stocky, thick-necked ruffian with a belly full of whiskey's false courage. No, he wasn't afraid of any man whose wrists were securely bound behind his back. Then McQueen clamped down, showing his fangs, and Charbonneau howled in pain, wrenched free, and stumbled back to safety. Jesse McQueen had bought himself a little time, but if he wanted to live through the hour, he'd have to come up with a better plan. He couldn't believe his luck. One moment, he had been hurrying through the storm back to his warm, dry room at the Orleans house on Toulouse Street. Suddenly, he'd found himself cornered by a gathering of the Crescent City's angry citizenry. It was the 24th of April in the year 1862, and New Orleans was aflame, despite a drenching downpour that obscured whole blocks from view. The nation was at war, split north and south by men with too many ideals and not enough patience. Cemeteries already teemed with the unfortunate blue and gray-clad victims of this tragic conflict. New Orleans had considered itself impregnable behind two mighty bastions, Fort St. Philip and Fort Jackson. But Commodore Farragut had proved how wrong that theory was. After days of bombardment, the Union fleet had swept past the forts and up the mighty Mississippi and brought their guns to bear upon the city itself. At that point, the city fathers surrendered. Word had spread like wildfire and ignited in the populace a sense of betrayal and outrage. As a result of this hysteria, strangers immediately became suspect, labeled as spies to be summarily shot, or in this case hanged. And Jesse Redbow McQueen was just such a stranger, touting a pack of law books and professing a desire to practice in New Orleans. Jesse focused his dark brown eyes on the two men apprehended with him. One already dangled like a puppet on a string from the hotel's wrought iron railing, a poor broken toy discarded by a violent child. The man was E. M. Todd, a fellow boarder at the Orleans house. Jesse knew him as a seller of wine and imported spirits, an Englishman and hardly a spy. The second of the mob's intended victims was a portly, middle-aged man whose shrill appeals for mercy went unheeded by the bloodthirsty crowd. Rumor had it that Union spies had caused the city's downfall, and there must be a reckoning. No matter if a dozen innocent folks were slain in the process, the guilty must not escape retribution. I'm from Atlanta and loyal to the cause, the portly man exclaimed. My name is Robert Wilmot, portrait artist, nothing more. And perhaps I am General Robert E. Lee, laughed a silver-haired Creole gentleman in the gray and red-trimmed uniform of New Orleans's home guard. He was a dapper, small-boned man with narrow features and blazing eyes. He sat ramrod straight in the saddle, oblivious of the downpour. His hair curled over his hard leather collar. Silvery white side whiskers all but hit his ears. But you see, in truth, I am Colonel Henri Batiste, defender of this fair city, and you, sir, are a spy. But I'm not, the frightened artist cried and lifted his quivering features to the rain. Rivulets streaked his face like tears. Oh, hell, I'm the spy. Hang me and let him go, Jesse spoke up. His horse shifted, and he had to grip tight with his knees to keep himself upright. Rain pummeled his head and shoulders and matted his shirt to his wiry frame. In good time, Batiste remarked, glancing up at McQueen. 
It was obvious the colonel neither knew nor cared which, if either of the men, was a spy. They were strangers to him, and that was guilt aplenty. Robert Charbonneau, put the noose on that man, the colonel called out, noticing Jesse's bare neck. Jesse was clad in nankeen breeches and a loose cotton shirt. The mob had stolen his hat and coat. His unruly black hair was plastered to his neck, and a black beard concealed the strong, clean cut of his jaw. Charbonneau reluctantly walked his horse forward. Jesse took satisfaction in the crimson-stained bandage that the Creole had hastily applied to his mangled left thumb.